heavenly shoes. Heavenly shoes. If you're looking for a scripture of inspiration, I'm going to be using Ephesians 6 and 15. Uh, it says, having, your, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I want to talk about having our feet prepared. And we're going to talk about heavenly shoes. God has some heavenly shoes just for you, just for you. And um, I have several things. Many of you probably don't know this. I I don't share it uh, widely or often, but I have some issues with my feet. They're genetic. Uh, They're things that come just from family history. And uh, one of those things is I, I was born and I have some extra bones in my feet. And um, it causes a little bit of, uh, not necessarily pain, but just, um, you know, extra pressure that wouldn't normally be there. And so kind of like an aching in your feet. And it's because of the extra bones, it pulls on the tendons and it's causing my arches to fall. And then so my, my ankles uh, literally roll into the inside of my feet, and I have to wear some corrective things in my shoes to push my ankles out and to give me a stable base whenever I'm standing and walking. And, and I notice whenever I have not been wearing uh, these things. And what I've found in my life uh, is that there are a lot of places where I will skimp on spending money, I'm, I'm an admitted tightwad. I like to be very tight with the money that uh, God blesses with me with and prefer to invest it back in the things of God uh, versus like a shirt or something. If I can get a shirt for free, I'm going to wear a shirt for free. And uh, all the time I've got some sports team shirts that people have given me through the years. Uh, I've got a hat from West Virginia. I've got a shirt from Auburn. And I'll wear those out and they... You know, whenever I'm walking around, people see me and they'll they'll yell at me, "War Eagle," and I'm like, "Huh?" Because <laughs> I'm not a fan. And then it dawns on me, like, "Oh yeah, I'm wearing that Auburn shirt today." The reality is, it's a free shirt and it's a very comfortable shirt, so uh, I wear it. I'm using it up. Uh, but my shoes, I'm not like that. I will spend a little more money in my shoes. The reason is because I, I have to have. Uh, a wider base in my shoe for the corrective things to work really well. And so I'm willing, especially with, uh, with dress shoes, I'll spend a lot more money. And the best shoes that I can put on oftentimes are boots. And I don't wear boots real often, but I do have a few pair in my closet. And I've got some sneakers, some tennis shoes, and I'll wear those with a wide midsole if you ever notice my shoes, it looks like I've always got some boats on. And uh, the reason is because of that. And I'm looking forward to the day that it will be uh, just okay for me to slip on some hush puppies and uh, people won't judge me because of it. <laughs> That's what the day I'm looking forward to. And as I've gotten older, I've decided that style and trend is less important and it comfort takes place over style and over function for me. And uh, I've almost been tempted uh, to try out having some custom-made shoes made for me. And they they're, get, uh, they're just more than I want to spend. 
Uh, but I will buy some expensive dress shoes, and I will buy some more expensive tennis shoes and boots and such like that. What are some of our favorite brand of shoes? I know nothing about women's shoes. I don't. I know, I know that women, most women, character, characterizing here, have a lot of shoes. What are some lady shoes, your favorite lady shoes? Come on, ladies, don't act like you ain't got no shoes. You probably got 50 pairs of shoes from. What's a favorite brand of somebody's shoe? Steve Madden. Do they make lady shoes? I did not know that. See, that's how much I know about lady shoes. What's another pair? Another pair of lady shoes. I don't know. I don't know what expensive shoes are. I know nothing about lady shoes. Come on, don't be shy. Everybody's like, I don't want to say what I buy. <laughs> Nike? I know Nike. Hey, Nikes are comfortable, man. I won't lie. What about some men's shoes? Men, what you got? New Balance. I've got some New Balance in my closet. That's right. We know we probably all have some some shoes that in our closet we go to, and, and that's our go-to shoe, right? Shoes I have on today, uh, I've had these shoes for like 12 years. I mean, if you looked at the bottom, the sole has been relayed on these things. I've got them broke in just perfectly to my foot, and I really, really enjoy them. I try and take as good a care of them as I can. They're almost at the point where I've got to retire them, uh, but I'm trying to push through. I did get a pair of black shoes to replace them. They haven't become my favorite shoes yet. Let's just say that. But we probably all have some shoes that we have in our closet that have become those favorite shoes for us. I want to tell you that God, imagine and think about what kind of shoe the Lord would put upon his children's feet. That shoe would be custom fit made perfectly, it would be ready for whatever journey is in front of us, and it would probably be to our benefit to have the shoes that he would want on our feet. Moses' last message to Israel, and he directed at each tribe a special message. And to the tribe of Asher in Deuteronomy chapter 33, he said to them, Asher is most blessed of sons, let him be favored by his brothers and let him dip his foot in oil. Your sandals shall be iron and bronze as your days shall be your strength. Now the land that Asher inherited in Israel was this coastal mountainous region. It stretched from Mount Carmel to Sidon and it was this rocky coast of hills and mountains and valleys. And so God knew exactly what he was speaking through Moses when he told them that your sandals are going to be iron and bronze. Because what, uh, what they would do during that day is if they knew they were going to be walking in this rough terrain. They would take and they had special sandals that were iron and bronze clad and almost like cleats to help them get 
a, a little bit better grip, and the iron and the bronze would protect their foot from falling rock. And so almost like uh, if we had winter in Georgia, which we don't, uh, if we had to get out the snow tires or we had to get out the chains and wrap our tires with the chains, they would pull out, especially soldiers would pull out these shoes preparing for battle, preparing for the journey that was ahead. And what God was saying to Asher was that he was saying, there are going to be some mountains. There are going to be some hills and some rocky places. There are going to be some valleys that you have to walk down into. And even though there are some rough places that you're going to go, that you're going to walk through, I have provided for you exactly what you need. I have given you the shoes to fit your feet that whenever you walk through these places that you will be sustained that you will be carried through that yes it's going to be a struggle yes it's going to be a mountain it'll be a valley but there are shoes that I have for you that if you'll just put them on your feet you can make the journey and this is a picture of God's provision and if we think about our God being a providing God He provides everything that we will need. Let me tell you, it is a fact. You may be caught by surprise by some of the things that happen in your life, but God is never caught by surprise. He's not surprised by what you're going through right now. He's not surprised by where you're struggling right now. He's not caught off guard. It's not like one day he wakes up and he says, oh my goodness, look what's happening in their life. He's not caught off guard. He's not surprised. And as a matter of fact, if we will submit ourselves to his spirit, he has exactly what we need. He's a God of provision, and he will provide for us a way to journey through what we're going through. You think about in Scripture multiple times, shoes are used when the prodigal son returned home. One of the provisions were a new pair of sandals, Luke 15, 22 But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand, and sandals on his feet. What was he saying? He was making a statement that sons don't wear the worn out shoes of hired help. They are given brand new fresh sandals provided by the Father. And whenever we come to Jesus Christ, God has some custom-made shoes fit exactly for our situation in which we're going to have to journey through. He's a God of provision. David said that he provides for those who abide in him. Psalm 91, 13 said, you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent, you shall trample under feet. So he was saying, whatever enemy you've got, whatever uh, the fiercest, the strongest, the worst thing that you can think of coming at you, that thing can be trampled under the feet of the person who has chosen to abide with God. The person who is walking with God, God has made a way that they can rise above the things that would come against them, that would attack them. That's the kind of God that we have. He doesn't just leave us out here trying to make the journey on our own, but he puts on our feet the shoes that we need and makes it capable so that we can rise above every mountain and we can descend into any valley that we can walk across across the serpent and walk across the lion's den and not be bitten and not be taken down. That's the kind of God that we have. 
that there are some shoes that we're all meant to wear. Ephesians 6 and 15, going back to that scripture, they're talking about the supply of God, the armor of God that God has given to every one of his people that at any time we can put on the helmet of salvation. We can have our loins girt about with truth. We can put on uh, righteousness. We can put on all of these things, a shield of faith, a sword of the Spirit. He said, have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Shod your feet with the preparation. The word gospel just simply means good news. Put on and prepare with the good news of peace. Be prepared for the good news of peace. You see, when we experience the gospel of Jesus Christ, when we come to him believing and repenting of our sins and being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins and being then baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence and and sign of of speaking in tongues, we are given some custom fit made only for you, perfect kind of shoes that were paid for with the blood of the Lamb and were bought at Calvary's cross. It is the gospel of peace and something the world cannot offer because it is supernatural, only God-given. And so we're not talking about peace whenever we say peace between countries. We're talking about only the peace that God can give. And God has these heavenly shoes of peace that he says, shod your feet with that preparation. Be prepared to walk in that kind of peace. And I want to talk to you about the four pieces pieces, P-E-A-C-E, that God has in your custom fit shoes. The first and probably the most important is this. When we come to God, we can have peace with God. Peace with God. It's probably the most important thing in our life. Romans 5 and 1 says, therefore having been justified by faith. The word justified, a lot of people use this. It's just as if I'd never sinned. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine that, having peace with God, the one who controls everything. He controls the sun rising and the sun setting. He controls the mountains, how high they reach and how low the valleys are. He's the one that sets everything in motion and controls all things. And we can have peace with that God. And there's no peace to compare to that peace. And because we have peace with God, we'll have peace with God's Word. Romans 8 and 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Not one single word or command or request of God becomes offensive to a person who is spiritually minded. They accept that God, His Word, it brings peace into our life. It does something for us whenever we walk according to His Word. It brings peace with God and peace with ourselves. That brings me to the last two pieces that we all should have in our life. 
And these last two can be the most challenging things for us to live out. Because we can have peace with God, and we can have peace with His Word. But I'll tell you where most of us struggle, we struggle with having peace with ourselves and having peace with others around us. And I'm not talking about the person you just randomly interact with. I'm talking about the people that are in your life that you know there's some thing between you and them and you're struggling with that. Peace with ourselves and peace with others. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, there's a place in God where you can live at peace with yourself. And that is the hardest thing because we we know our history. We know what we've done. We know where we failed. We know where we've come up short. We know what we've done wrong to others, and we know what our sins are. While everyone else on the outside may be looking at us and thinking, the person's got it together. Inside, we know. And we lack peace with ourselves because we haven't settled some things that God has done in our life to give us peace. And I'll tell you, one of the biggest problems in our culture right now is how busy we try to stay. And you know why we try and stay so busy? It's because if we're busy, we don't have to think about those private thoughts and those things. If we sit still long enough, what's going to happen? There are going to be some thoughts that we don't want to dwell on that are going to come up. There are going to be some things we have to remember. There are going to be some things... And that's why we're always, we're rushing around, we're busy, we, we, we're hurrying through everything in life because there's not this sense of peace in our life. But I'm telling you, God has peace for every one of us that is a peace that passes all understanding. It doesn't matter what's happened in your life. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what someone has done to you. You can live life at peace with yourself. It's all part of the shoes God has custom made for you. And it's for walking in this life, not in the life to come. The life to come will shed all these things off. We won't have to worry about it. But in this day, in this age, where we have to take a step every morning, we have to take a new day, we have to take a new walk, God has heavenly shoes of peace. For us. The last one I want to talk about is peace with each other. Hebrews 12 and 14 admonish, admonishes us to pursue peace with all people. All people. And holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. 
Now, all of my life, I've heard holiness. We've got to have holiness without which we'll see the Lord. And I agree with that. I believe that. God, our God is a holy God, and we should continually be progressing toward God's holiness. Godliness in our life is necessary. We must have it. But that's not all that that scripture says. It says we need to pursue peace with all people. That means not only the people that we don't know, but it also means the person that we know wronged us. We won't see the Lord without peace with all people. And that doesn't mean we have to embrace our enemy or those who wronged us or hurt us, but it does mean we have to seek peace. And there's a peace for us in finding peace with them. It's releasing them. And if you think about our society, you think about the the genius of the enemy. What is he trying to constantly do? He's trying to constantly divide us. You can see it. Where does he start? He starts with the family. He divides a family by bitterness, by divorce, by wrongs, by straws that stack up, and families come apart under the weight of the attack of the enemy doesn't matter who is right and wrong in the relationship. Don't be deceived. It is an attack of the enemy. He's dividing families. And then the next place he works is in friends. He tries to divide us from our friends by hurts and by things that are little things that get messed up and blown out of proportion, and they're hurts in our life that we allow to stay there and fester. And the enemy wants to divide us along economic lines. You hear a lot in society about, you know, the wealthy and the poor, the 1% and the 99%. And I, I'm a 99%er. I'm a 1%er. I don't know who's running around saying I'm a 1%er. But what is he doing? He's using everything to divide us. God, our God, is a God of unity. But the enemy is a God of division. And I say God, I mean a little g God. The God of this world, this earth, this pleasant, present place. He wants to divide us. And the enemy wants to divide us along cultural lines. And he wants to divide us along racial lines. But our God is a God of peace. Peace with him peace with his word, peace with ourselves, and peace with others. Look at what scripture says in Colossians 3, 12 through 15. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, who's he talking to? Look at the person next to you say, he's writing to you. As the elect of God, holy and and beloved, put on tender mercies. Because if you're going to have peace, you've got to be merciful. Put on tender mercies. Put on kindness. Because if you're going to have peace, it's going to take some kindness. 
put on humility. Sometimes I have to humble myself and say, I was wrong. Put on meekness. Be long-suffering. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Notice he ties those two things together. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. You know why? Because when there's something between two people, both people are wrong. Both people are wrong. You say, well, the one person is responsible in our eyes. God tells us if you have something against a brother, resolve it. Or if you've done something against a brother, resolve it. So in the situation, both people are wrong. Bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Notice what he says. He says, if you'll put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, if you'll bear with one another, if you'll forgive one another, if you have a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you also must do, put on love, the bond of perfection, and let peace. It's the only way to have peace ruling in your heart. It's through forgiveness. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Listen, differences between people are always going to arise. Differences of, of not understanding, differences of culture, differences of personality, differences everywhere you find people, you're going to find differences and you're going to find problems. Guess what? People, might as well spell that problems. Because we all are people and we are all, we all have problems and we all are problems. Be honest. I'm, I could be a problem. I've been a problem for some people. hurts whether they're intentional or unintentional they're going to happen but scripture God gives us a very practical scriptural way that we address them we address it we forgive it and we put on peace what is that shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace be prepared to have peace. Be prepared to forgive. Be prepared to let some things lie. Be prepared to have peace with a person. It's very practical. If you'll stand with me, I want you to get yourself ready. We're going to take a minute or so. We're going to let God speak to us. And in just a minute, I'm going to invite everyone to come join around the front before we end service. And we'll go back and we'll have fellowship. We'll have a good time. 
But I'm telling every one of us here today, God has provided you some shoes. Custom-made shoes. Custom-made. He, he said, I, I won't let anything more than you can handle befall you. And so he's got custom-made shoes for your feet. Whatever struggle you're having to walk through, whatever wrong you're having to endure, whatever hurt you're having to go through. He said, I've got shoes for you to walk through it. I've got peace that if you'll shod your feet with the preparation, I can let peace reign in your heart. Think about the prodigal, new shoes to replace the worn out shoes of a sinful life. Think about Asher when life gets rocky, whenever it's hills and valleys, there's iron and bronze so you won't slip and you won't fall and you won't crush your foot. When David said, enemies can bite at my feet, bite at my heels, but I'm walking with God, I'm going to tread upon them. We can have peace with God and we can have peace with his word. We can have peace with ourselves, peace with our brother and our sister. I don't know about you, but whenever I think about that kind of peace in my life, I think about I think about being in a shop, store, getting some new shoes. You put them on your feet, you walk around in a little bit, and you're like, eh, these are nice. I really want them. I want them to work. But you know, in the back of your mind, you know They're not as comfortable as these broke-in purple Velcro shoes you've got in the back of your closet. I don't think about going to the shop and getting the new shoes. Although God's given me new shoes, I think of shoes that are perfectly prepared. They're so comfortable. It'd be like, I'm walking on cloud nine. That's the kind of peace I want with God. That's the kind of peace I want with God. Every head bowed and every eye closed. God, you see every person that's here today. God, you see the walk that we have to make, the journey of this life. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, you would help us, give us a revelation, an understanding of what it is to prepare our feet to walk before you rightly, to be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace to walk righteously before you. God, I pray that you would help us, Lord. Speak now to that person, God, that they're in a rocky place. Reaffirm to them, God, that you have shoes that you've prepared their feet, Lord, for the walk and the journey. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give you glory and honor. Amen. Amen. My wife's playing. She's going to begin to sing. I want to invite you to come. If you're willing, why don't you join us around the front? We're just going to entertain the presence of God for just a moment. Let him speak to us. God, we're here to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, we give you glory and honor. Amen, amen, amen.
You thought I 